Hey listener, this podcast is called Trigger Warning Romance for a reason. It is intended for an 18 plus audience due to the adult context and triggers that may be discussed in each episode. Please check the show notes for a full list of triggers and proceed with caution. You have been properly warned. It's time to count off the triggers. Welcome to Trigger Warning Romance, everybody. I'm Nat. I'm Tori. And today we're going to be going into a brand new author for you guys, uh, Zoe Blake, a beloved author by both of us. And we are going to be reading Sweet Cruelty. This is book one of the Ruthless Obsession tri- series. It's not a trilogy anymore. It was a trilogy up until just a few weeks ago when Sweet Brutality came out. Yes, yeah, so good. So good. But we're going to start back at the very beginning with Sweet Cruelty. Yes, that's a good place to start. <laughs> it's another one of those mafia ebooks, which we both really enjoy. And it's uh, check the triggers in show notes because there are a few triggers in here, such as non-consent. As we just keep going back to the non-con, huh? It seems to be a running theme for us. Yeah, this this had actually, as I was reading it, it had a little bit of an, I guess, because we just read it right after the Twist Me trilogy. It had so many similarities. I mean, it was very different, but it had so many similarities that I was like giggling to myself because both of them had non-consent. Both of them had the mafia trope. Both of them had the female heroine was a virgin. Both of them had like spanking. And I say this one had light BDSM, nothing too crazy in this one. Right. No, there was some, there was definitely some power exchange going on, but very tame, very light in comparison to Julian and Nora. Yeah, but still a lot of fun. I really enjoy. I've I had so much fun rereading this one. I hadn't reread it in quite a while, and I forgot how funny it was because <laughs> it's it's dark, but it's one of those funny books. Zoe has a really funny way of delivering some of the lines, so I, I really enjoyed it. I had a great time reading it. <laughs> How was your reread? I loved it. I was not, I have forgotten how much I enjoyed it. And I went through books one through four in a matter of days. Oh, wow. You read all of them. I read all of them. I can't think <laughs> I started. It was just nonstop. That's am- That's why you kept sending me all those quotes. I was like, wow, Tori's on a tear because I've only read the first one. I'm following the rules. <laughs> says I can't read ahead. That's no, 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 of course not. No, you're fine. I'm I just kid. I'm just jealous because I can't read the same way that you'd read because I have two small children who need me constantly. That is <sighs> just having cats. Yeah, cats seem a lot less needy. <laughs> well, I will I wouldn't go that far. They're just less vocal about it, I think. I guess. Yeah, it's it's fine. I'm not complaining. It was just I'm jealous because I I've also had a little bit of a harder time reading recently. I think just my brain, you know, focusing wise has had a lot of trouble. And I'm wondering if I need to blame TikTok. Hmm. Now, I had that problem a few weeks ago. Yeah. We were first getting started. I had a hard time getting through the Twist Me trilogy, 
not because I didn't enjoy the books, but because my brain just wasn't able to focus. I had so many other things going on outside of the podcast that my life was just so crazy. Yeah, I guess it's time for us to switch because I had, again, I really enjoyed reading it, but I had to read it in increments. And usually the first time I read it, I read it in, I think, eight hours, just devoured it and then went straight into the next one, just like you did. But I barely finished this one on time because I just couldn't focus because I'm too busy TikToking, guys. And that's a horrible, horrible new I guess, vice of mine. I think it's great. (laughs) You're doing fantastic. I don't know what I'm doing, but I can't believe people are actually listening to us and watching my crazy, stupid TikToks. I guess this should be a plug, right? If you want to get in touch with us, you should follow us on Instagram and TikTok. We're at Trigger Warning Romance and Also, you can reach out to us on our Facebook group, the Trigger Warning Romance Support Group. And you can also email us at triggerwarningromance at gmail.com. All of that info is is in the show notes as well. So if you you get too caught up listening to us, which is perfectly okay, you can find it when you're done. I mean, I don't understand what people are doing on there. And it really is absolutely no rhyme or reason to TikTok because that one video I I sent you of the the guy walking on the treadmill. (laughs) video is up to 15,000 views. I have no idea. Thousand views? Yes. Holy crap. Yeah. And it's actually about Zoe Blake. So I guess it's actually quite fitting because the guy kind of reminded me of the main hero from Sweet Savagery. So it made sense. But I digress. Anyway, let's go back to talking about the book. Because, I mean, all the people do like to listen to us chat, apparently. This is part of the, the thing they really like doing. But they'll probably like us chatting about the book even more. Yes. So let's open up with Sweet Cruelty. And it it's about a young college student and this older Russian mafia man. She ends up at his house because she needs tuition money. And she's there to ask for the grant money from some some dude. Romance reasons. She shows up at his house and knocks on the door. I'm going to stop you for just a quick second. One of the... Imp- One of the things about this that I enjoyed as a separate thing that I I have a hard time finding during romance books is she's actually, I believe, over 25. She's a grad student. Yes. She's not just fresh out of high school making those those mistakes. She's she's got a little bit of a few years under her belt. Yes, it is interesting to find older. And it's so funny to say like 25 is so young, but older heroines. We're ancient by, you and I are ancient by romance heroine standards here. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, go ahead and dig my grave. <laughs> Same. I'm, I'm right behind you there. But yes, you're right. She's a grad student. She's not like a regular college student, which makes a little bit more of a difference because they're living, her and her roommate are living off campus. It's, it's a little bit more believable, you know, her roaming around being a co-ed student. And she ends up at this guy's house because she thinks this is where the the guy who owes her grant money lives and she's there to ask for it and she's dressed as a schoolgirl. i'm not really sure why but it works okay this is just her aesthetic she mentions in the book that the librarian when she was when she was a young child always wore plaid skirts and cardigans so she thought of that as being the librarian uniform so she just kind of developed that into that style as she grew into wanting to become a librarian very convenient so (laughs) very convenient that she shows up in a plaid skirt and cardigan with doc martin mary janes 
when she knocks on this guy's house at 10 o'clock at night. It's hysterical. I love this because he opens the door and clearly not the guy who is supposed to be there. And she says, I'm I believe there's a mistake. And he says, absolutely not. You're late. And she goes, wait a minute. You didn't know I was coming. Yeah. (laughs) He's oh, so you want to play it that way, do you? I'm sorry. I love this. This was one of the funniest meetings I've ever encountered. He thought she was an escort that he hired, which the escort never shows up. And he decides that I'm not sure how escort services work, but don't you usually know the per- the way the person looks? Don't you order the escort based on the way they look? I don't know. They mentioned that he and Vasca both use the same service. So yeah. he just says, send me a girl and they know what, sh- they know what he likes. Yeah, maybe he just says, I'll surprise me. Guy. Yeah, like surprise me. <laughs> the way I would ask like my husband to bring me a- an ice cream and he says, what flavor? And I say, surprise me. <laughs> Well, if you can get him bringing you that ice cream in a schoolgirl sk- school skirt, let me know. I won't fix. I'll see if he can do that. Although I'm not asking him for anything like that because it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to backfire on me. I'm well aware of that. <laughs> We've already. Okay. Again, side note, my TikToks, since we're on this tr- train of thought here. I love the, the TikToks of where I try to bother my husband. And by try, I mean, I actually do bother my husband with random things in the morning and seeing if he responds to me the way a dark romance hero would. I'm working on one right now where I ordered this harness thing and it's really cute and you wear it on top of your clothes and it's supposed to be fashion forward and really cute and adorable. And I guess, I mean, I took it out of the packaging and I'm not going to lie. It did look like a sex thing, (laughs) like a complete. When you sent me the picture. Yeah. (laughs) so funny. And the first thing Mr. Savage says to me is, well, what what are we getting ready to do here? I'm I'm down, but what what is this? And I say, "Oh, this is an outfit thing for work." And he gives me the weirdest look because it clearly looks like something you would wear to a BDSM club. It's black, it's got these o-ring things, it's wrappy aroundy, but it does really look cute in a, an outfit. It is very <laughs> Yeah, I sent I sent it to Tori and she agreed that it looked nice. But so anyway, I, I put that thing on and I go to work and I send a picture of it to my husband. And all he says to me is, I like it. What? Yeah. I'm, I'm like, wow, you compared this thing to a sex thing and now you're completely okay with me going to work in it in front of other human beings. Now, if Emma had done this... <laughs> You bet your butt, Mitri would have hauled her ass out of wherever she was. And beaten that ass just for having the audacity to wear it. Oh my gosh. So look forward to that TikTok. I have not made it yet. I'm working on it. Dimitri thinks that Emma is a call girl, the escort that he's ordered. So he drags her in, kisses the ever-living hell out of her, drags her up to the bedroom, throws her onto the bed, and she's going, no, no, wait, what's happening here? I, I don't understand. Wait a minute. No, you're making you're you're wrong. You're making a mistake. She's and quite vocal about that. He says, make no mistake, you're mine for the night. And and then he does proceed to have sex with her <laughs> and finds out that she's a virgin. And this is when he freaks out himself because call girls usually are not virgins. 
or if they are, I assume you pay a whole lot more for them. Yes. But his reaction tickled me. His thought was a gentleman would have talked in a more soothing voice, would have petted her head and given her soft kisses on her cheeks as he gently pressed for an explanation. I was no gentleman. I wanted answers and I wanted them now. He's mad. He's so mad at her. There's absolutely no reason for him to be mad at her because he's the one in the wrong here. She clearly kept telling him, you're making a mistake. I am not who you think I am. Very sexy, very hot Russian arms dealers do not make mistakes. No. Get Mm -mm. with the program. Look, he's clearly not apologetic about any of this, and I'm for it. We we know I like me my alpha heroes, and alpha heroes do not apologize for anything. Well, he does mention that it twists his stomach a little bit, very briefly, and then he's back. So wait a minute. Why didn't... Why didn't you, what are you doing? Yeah. His only regret is that he used a condom. This is only regret about the whole thing. But afterwards, and as she's explaining to him who she is and why she's there. Well, no, the, what, what he demands is he asks her how old she is. Oh, that's because right. He's like, hang on a second. Something's clearly wrong here. Nobody her age, you know, 25 ish. Because she does look about 25. Should be a virgin of this. No American girl who's 25 is a virgin. So his immediate thought is, oh my God, she's underage. <laughs> Holy but Jesus. So he does demand, he says, Maya Kroshka, tell me, how old are you? And she tells him. And at that point, he's like, all right, cool. Well, <laughs> as long as you're of age, though you're still saying no to me, it's not quite as wrong because you're 25. But then he says, the moment I had felt my cock breach her maidenhead, she became mine. Mine. It was an indescribable feeling, this primal surge from deep within me. Knowing that no man had come before me, and at least for now, no man ever would. A virgin, the embodiment of excellence. We, we know that worked for me, right? <laughs> yes. My note there is I love how he just decided that she's his now. That that's it. Oh, you're a virgin? Mine. It's like a little kid finding a new toy and taking the tag off because that, that now means that the toy's theirs. Well, at first, he, he keeps using the word mine now. He plans on letting her go to begin with. Quickly changes his mind on that, though. But he tells her during their second go round, whether you let go and enjoy the pleasure I can give you is up to you, but you're not leaving this bed. Reminded me a lot of that scene from Twist Me in the very beginning. I think, again, because we just read them so close together, I just kept going back to the similarities there, which clearly worked for me. So I'm not mad at it. But they go a few rounds. And of course she has an orgasm each time because who doesn't have an orgasm their first time? Romance. Yeah, romance phrases is amazing. We're completely, I mean, our first times also was, weren't, at least mine anyway, I don't know about yours, with a mafia arms dealer. Mine was so disappointing. I've lost that in my memory. I guess it's maybe after their second or maybe even third round. He asks her about the money because she had commented that she was just there for the money. And he gets furious with her because how dare you go knocking on a strange man door in the middle of the night looking like you do. Do you know what could have happened to you? And she says, yes, you. You happened to me, and it wasn't in the middle of the night. Was this before or after he makes her do the shots of vodka with the the ice pick? I think it was after. That was because before that, he had he has sex with her a couple of times. I think the very first time he has sex with her, and then almost as a, I guess, peace gesture, he offers her some vodka. And she doesn't want to drink it because, I mean, clearly this man 
just raped her and he's offering her random alcohol i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't want to take it either but he has this fancy ice pick that looks like a dagger and he threatens her with it and he makes her drink the the alcohol and and that's when he decided he's keeping her yeah and my note there was girl i need to chase her too because she just keeps coughing He, he makes her do this shot of vodka and she doesn't seem like the kind of girl who just does shots as a pro she's a tequila girl yeah I'm a horrible Russian myself. I'm, I'm more of a tequila girl myself. I'm a rum girl all the way. But he decides, he says, she was really, she really was naive, too naive. It would be almost criminal for me to send such an innocent, vulnerable girl back out into the world. Good thing I had no intention of doing so. Yeah, that's it. Finders keepers. <laughs> I also highlighted that. And my, my note is his reasoning is impeccable. Just yes, of course she needs to be taken care of because otherwise she might stumble into somebody else's house <laughs> i do like that she stood up to him when, when he said like hey do you know what would, could have happened to you if you just you just knocking on a random person's door in the middle of the night anyway we also get the quintessential romance reasons shower scene here and of course his shower is amazing because it's romance normal and his house is i did note that his house is very reminiscent of is like very gaudy it's very marbly and coated in gold. And it's like a McMansion. That's what I'm imagining anyway. It's it's like really unreasonably too fancy. Now, was that his style or was that the style where he purchased the home? I believe he purchased it that way, but he may have purchased it that way on purpose. I think that he likes that kind of style because he's very flashy, right? He has the watches and the suits and the whatever else, the fancy Mercedes. But he really thinks poorly of the Anatoly brothers for being so flashy later on with their gold Ferrari. Yeah, but his house is super flashy. I don't know. I think want a gold Ferrari. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't say no to it, (laughs) but I'm also a little bit gaudy myself. So (laughs) says the girl with a chandelier in her closet. The only chandelier in my whole house, by the way. And it's in my closet. But after the shower, Dimitri lets her get dressed because he's going to take her out for something to eat. Well, it's only fair. And her basic thought was, I don't know this guy. He's wanting to take me somewhere. How do I know? He, he, he has that evil looking ice pick. He's going to kill me and dump my body. Yeah. He was Russian. Russians knew about these sort of things. If basically every book and every movie I had ever seen with a Russian villain was to be believed. Yes. So she makes a break for it. Yeah, she runs away. She grabs her backpack, which he had discarded on the floor downstairs in foyer. She hails a cab. Real. She actually knocks a couple out of the way for a cab and hauls her butt back to her dorm, not her dorm room, her apartment, where Mary is freaking out because Emma is never out late and she comes home with a wet head. She had just taken a shower. That detail killed me. <laughs> I love Mary. I love Mary at least as much as I loved Emma, if not more. I have a confession. Mary is my favorite. The next book is my favorite out of the whole series. I love them. Mary and Vasca, amazing. Because Mary's just funny as hell. Mary is hysterical. Her and her Buffy references. (laughs) I heart Buffy. She's my soulmate. Maybe it's because I related more to Mary. Mary reminded me a lot of me in college. That was like my style and I was super into vampires and, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And it was, it was, I was definitely more of a Mary than an Emma. I was more of an Emma who wanted to be a Mary. Okay, fair. 
Oh, we would have been such good friends in college. <laughs> we're good friends now. It works. We are. It does. But she gets home and Mary's freaking out. And Emma tells her this story of what happened to her. And Mary just keeps calling her a slut, which is hysterical because she was a virgin up until like, you know, four hours ago. But poor Emma can't even bring herself to say it. She goes, mm-hmm. it took me for a, for a, for a lady of the night. It's amazing. I lost my shit <laughs> at that one. Oh my goodness. This is what I mean. Zoe Blake is so funny. The sex scenes are really great and hot. At the same time, the characters are usually so funny, at least the women. The men are funny, but in a very sarcastic and dry kind of way. Like they don't mean to be funny. They just come off funny because they just say these unreasonable things. But yeah, it was really funny. (sighs) And they do the shots. They do the tequila shots. And Mary mentions the fact that who knew you would be into such kinky shit? Yeah, and I thought. I would have thought you were a boring missionary girl and who knew? And then comes the very first Buffy reference of the book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He says, oh my God, this is just like smashed season six, episode nine of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The one where Buffy finally fucks Spike and they tear the house down around them. That was a good one. My note was, I heart Mary. And that yeah. was like an awesome episode. I was always team Spike. But Team Evil Angel wasn't a bad choice either. Oh my god, Evil Angel was so hot. <laughs> so hot. Spike was okay too, but physically Angel was more my aesthetic. Uh, we'll have to agree to disagree, but that means there's one for each of us. So There you go. If we can well, that's fine. I'm totally fine with that. But yeah, she says, first of all, this is not 19th century London They're called hookers. <laughs> he thought you were a hooker. Oh, it's so funny. Mary's hysterical. And, and then, you know, they do shots and um, Mary asks Emma, are you going to see him again? And she says, absolutely not. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I wouldn't even know how to see him again. And she's like, what do you mean? Like, what's his name? Let's look him up. And I'm like, I don't know. We didn't that far. And this is where Emma again, she's like, oh my God, you don't, you slut, you don't even know his name. Well, Maybe if she stayed for dinner, she would have found out his name. But she did make the call to get get the heck out of there. And really, who can blame her? No, we can't. It was it was perfect. It was hysterical. But Dimitri wants to find her because, after all, he's claimed her. It's his. So it, he can't have her running away. So he goes back through the security tape. As an ar- Russian arms dealer, naturally, he has a state-of-the-art security system. And he sees her backpack. And it has all these stickers and pins on it. And there's one from Laloya. I think that's how you say it. Laloya? Loyola? Whatever. It's from her college. <laughs> from, her, from her college. And he tracks her down that way. And he finds this lady on campus because he doesn't know her name either. Right. They never got that far, but he needs to find her name. But he definitely knows what she looks like. So she finds and she, he knows that she's a graduate student. So he finds this administrative lady and more or less seduces her into spending her time going literally going through pictures of IDs until he finds Emma. 
And he concocted this whole romantic story about he met her at a coffee shop or something. And she left a book that he had just clearly bought at the bookstore. And he needs to return it to her, but he doesn't remember her name. He doesn't know her, her phone number or whatever. So once he sees Emma, he zooms in on her name. He remembers it, leaves the book and skedaddles. <laughs> She's like, wait, you forgot your book. Keep it. Don't need it. And Emma is at her work-study program in the library. And apparently on this campus, the library is divided into at least two, if not three different buildings. Yeah, there were a bunch of buildings because they were constantly in different libraries. Because there's like the main library, and then there were the stacks. And then I think they mentioned another one. Yes. The the not-so-distant stacks, maybe. Maybe. But the stacks is a very... It's further away. It's dark. It's dingy. It's not a fun place to work. Nobody ever goes there. And all of the students in the work, work study program foist their workload onto Emma, who goes to the stacks to put everything away. And so, so Dimitri finds her in this stacks situation, and he's not pleased because he thinks it's dangerous. There's only one en- entry and exit point. Nobody ever goes down there, so you're pretty much isolated. The lighting is horrible, and no one can hear you because it's, like, in a basement or something. It's just, it's not, it's a great place to get raped. <laughs> and if anybody's going to do that to Emma, it's going to be Dimitri. Of course, naturally, duh. So he goes hunting her down in the in the stacks, and she's in her cute little librarian getup, and he startles her. <laughs> drops a whole bunch of books and then scrambles to go pick them up and she's on all fours and all sexy like but she doesn't know that she's sexy this is what i this is that trope of where if you're if you're into it like the girl is clearly beautiful and everybody around her knows that she's beautiful but she doesn't think she's beautiful so her crawling around on all fours in front of him means absolutely nothing to her and he's salivating at the mouth <laughs> at the same time and when he finds her this one again I lost my shit because she's on her hands and knees putting books away. And she's like, oh, hi. And he says, you were a naughty girl to run away from me like that. I wasn't finished with you. And her response was, I wasn't sure I could swallow. Yeah. Oh, before that, she says, he says, hello, Emma. And she drops her book and she goes, oh, my God. Close. But most people call me Dimitri. She doesn't even realize she's making these sexual innuendos. No, she's just so innocent and naive and silly. I don't know. I don't. She's she came off as very silly to me in a good way. But then he does uh, do some things to her in that stacks situation. <laughs> it was hot. You know, all of these heroines and all of these romance books can take these nine and 10 inch cocks like they're pros. And Emma, who has never experienced this, is dealing with his quote unquote intimidating 10 inches. A lot of inches. That's a lot of fucking inches. <laughs> that's a lot. That's unnecessary. <laughs> Sorry. My body hurts just thinking about it. And my throat, oh, held to the nose. Uh-uh. Not happening. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, we'll get there later also, but they're always doing butt stuff, like no problem. (laughs) 
with all these ginormous situations. And it's, there's no prep. There's nothing. It's just, we're going to do it now. <laughs> it's going to work somehow. And they always have orgasms and they're not crying. It's, oh gosh, it's hysterical. Oh, there we go. Sorry. My laptop came unplugged. Thought you were going to show me, like, show and tell me something. I got a little excited. <laughs> we're not that close yet, Nat. Maybe in a couple of months. I don't know. You're pretty close to me. You're in my closet. <laughs> yeah, but it was hysterical. I mean, the poor, the poor, he traps her behind some bookshelf and pulls down her cardigan and breaks a button, but all these buttons go scattering. And I get that's real, that's real hot and stuff. And just think about like such a waste of a nice cardigan. Poor buttons. Now she's got to go find all those buttons, got to bring them to his place to get them sewn back on or do it herself. And she has to walk out of there. Yeah. Her shirt ripped open. I know. And it never says, like, do they have any, like, does she wear like, anything underneath that? I don't think so. But I think, I do believe that he puts his jacket on her when he takes her out. Yeah. But I mean, that's like the, the least he could do. He just literally ruined her shirt. And Dimitri's not the most uh, sharing of people. So like, he doesn't want people looking at her. So of course he's going to cover her with a jacket. Well, before that, the conversation that they have, again, it cracked me up because he's like, we, we need to come to an agreement and an understanding. There are certain rules that you're expected to follow. And she's like, rules? What, what the hell is he talking about? And then he sees... A tattoo on her wrist. Oh, yeah. That was funny, too. And he gets very upset, wanting to know what the hell it is, who the hell did it. He wants the name of who branded her. And it takes her a few minutes to come to the conclusion that he thinks that it's from a sex trafficking operation. When what it really is, is a Dewey Decimal System number. Yeah, for much ado about nothing, which is her favorite Shakespeare. But trying to convince Dimitri of that was like talking to a wall. He already had it in his mind what it was, and that was the only possible explanation. Yeah. So then they start trying to come to this understanding. He's, he's giving her the rules. The first one is that he doesn't ever want to see her in the stacks again. And she says, you're being crazy. Go away. I have work to do. Yeah, she says, what are you talking about? I got to pay bills. I got to pay tuition. I got to work. And and then he also, and he's like, I got, she's like, I got to get out of here. Because now I got to go find Mr. Fitzgerald's the third, the grant guy. Got to find him again to get my grant money. And he says, absolutely not. You are, you are not to go begging some dude for money. If you want some money, I will give you money. The only begging you will do is from me. And she completely blows him off because of course she does. I, yeah, I don't know you. Although, side note, where was my hot Russian mafia man to pay off my college loans? Excuse me, I feel gypped. Okay? I do too. But Emma gets very offended. She is horribly offended at this concept that he would give her money. And she says, I'm not your whore. And that was so... the wrong thing to say to Dimitri. Yeah, he doesn't, I do not want you to say that word to me ever again. He does not want her to think of herself as a whore. 
even though I mean he kind of did that the first time they met <laughs> which was very entertaining to me because I'm not sure why it was okay to think of her that way 24 hours ago but I guess well, circumstances have changed I guess it's because she wasn't his yet you know she was he didn't realize that she was his at that time then he drops her off at, at home the bracelet oh the bracelet yeah he gives her this like fancy bracelet which she doesn't want because again she says I'm not your whore I don't need jewelry from you leave me alone but she's, she keeps tell, she tells him, I'm not the kind of woman you think I am. You're making a mistake. This is not me. This is, I am not what you're thinking I am. And I really like his response. He says, I don't think you know what kind of, what type of woman you are, but I do. There is much more to you, my sweet Emma, than meets the eye. I think many people have underestimated and overlooked you. I won't be one of them. And that says so much about his character. Underneath the scary mafia Russian arms dealer, there's a little bit of a teddy bear in there. Which is fitting because he has the Chiburashka tattoo. <laughs> he has all those scary tattoos. And then he has that little cartoon. It says teddy bear. But for people who don't know who Chiburashka is, look him up. He's adorable. He's The whole thing is you have no idea what kind of animal he is. It's the whole premise of the cartoon. But he's a cute, fuzzy little thing. Very anti-scary Russian man. <laughs> and then they... He spanks her and then he takes her home. Well, of course he spanks her. I just... All, a lot of these books are the same in a good way, right? Because they're, they know their audience. <laughs> these authors know their audience. It's always in a library, in a bookstore, because guess what? It's all about, the, and the heroines usually either like to read or are librarians or writers or authors or publicists or something to do with books, usually, a lot of times. It's just a lot of the times the, the heroines either really like reading or have something to do with reading. And there's always sexy time things happening in libraries or bookstores or somewhere where there are books. Makes sense, right? Absolutely. <laughs> For it. One of the things that I really like about Emma's character throughout the story, she talks about wanting to be the heroine of her own story. Mm-hmm. And compares herself to Jane Eyre and, and all of these romance, historical, classical romance novels. Hang on. All of these classic romance heroines there we go and she thinks about what kind of heroine she would be and come on ladies which one of us out there has not done that exact same thing wondering how would I react in that situation I mean that's the whole point of this podcast we say oh I would never do that or I would totally do that right it's the whole point of this podcast us comparing ourselves to the heroines and putting ourselves in their shoes I found that very relatable yeah. to Emma. We mentioned that that it's more realistic and where she lives and having an apartment and a roommate. Emma overall, it's a very believable character. Pretty much start to finish. Her, her reactions, her opinions, her thoughts. I found all of it to be incredibly relatable and very, for lack of a better word, normal. It's the way that I think is normal, which yeah. it may not be, probably isn't, but she thought in a way that I think. Yeah. And I, I can't believe any of this is happening. Like half half the time she's like, wait, is this really, is this my life? How is this my life? How did I go from this to this? And when she complains to Mary, well, she doesn't complain, but when she, she vents to Mary about it, Mary even tells her, you're living a romance novel. Get with the program, Chica. Hello. Yes. Agreed. And and Mary really pushes her to to live this thing out to to really see it out and see what happens because 
Emma's like, I'm out. I can't do this. This is too crazy. I'm not this kind of person. I don't have crazy sex with random strangers who have crazy. She more or less figured out that he's a criminal at this point. And she doesn't want anything to do with him because of that. But Mary's like, no, you're going to go. You're going to go do it for you. Because when he brings her home, he drops her off and he says, I'm going to go pick you up later because he wanted to take her home. But then he got a call from Vaiska about something. So they're doing dinner tomorrow night. Yeah. So he says, you get a reprieve. You're very lucky. You get a reprieve. I'll see you tomorrow at, I don't know, whatever time. And she's like, wait, we're going to go on an actual date. And he didn't even think to take her to dinner at that point until she said, oh, are you going to take me like to dinner or something? He's like, yeah, okay, I'll take you to dinner. But then he says, you better not. How did he phrase it? From this point forward, you are under my protection. I will explain to you in intimate detail what that means over dinner tomorrow. Until then, I suggest you behave and not break any of my any more of my rules. Yeah. And she says, wait, am I supposed to know what the rules are? This isn't fair. You haven't told me. He says you won't until it's too late. Yeah. She's like, what am I supposed to do about that? And he says, go read a book. Go be a good girl and read a book. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. And she tells this to, to Mary when she comes home and then they start doing research on Russians, which I found hysterical as somebody who comes from that culture. It says, it says here, Russian women are known for being gorgeous. Called out Mary from the living room where she was curled up on the sofa with her laptop, a glass of wine and a bag of Doritos in her lap. I mean, I can expand that to Eastern European women, right? Because I do believe we are gorgeous. Thank you very much. <laughs> but it says like glamorous and stuff. And I want to say it is a stereotype, but the majority of my friends and family who are of Eastern European descent, especially the older generation, like my mom and my aunt, cousin to an extent, they all are appalled by my style because I go to the grocery store in leggings. When not any, not so much anymore. My mom's gotten used to it. But when, when we first, <laughs> in the beginning, she was appalled by the amount. Like, she was like, I would never go to the grocery store in sweatpants. Gotta wear our ball gown to the grocery store. God forbid we run into somebody we know. So it's a little bit true. <laughs> so Emma's freaking out because she's going on this date and she is not anywhere close to the glamorous beautiful women that he's used to dating at least in her mind so she lets mary dollar up yeah we get a little makeover because mary is like a cute pinup girl that's how i that's how i imagine her she has the victory rolls and the perfect makeup and the cute outfit and the swing dresses and oh yeah Mm -hmm. total 50s pinup girl yeah i'm for it so she dresses her up and this is you know the next night but she does go read a book, which is hysterical. She's like, what are you going to do? She's like, I'm going to go read a book. <laughs> and then when Dimitri comes to pick her up, she's just pacing outside the apartment in her fancy Mary outfit. And he's pissed because she, he doesn't want this version of Emma. He wants the Emma that he had before. So he grabs her and drags her inside the apartment. And that's when Mary meets her. And oh, wait. She she starts reading the tattoo uh, before this when she goes to read. She she checked out a book on Russian prison tattoos, which I didn't even know existed. But then, of course, she's a freaking librarian student. Of course, she has an encyclopedia on whatever else she needs. She's very good at research. But he gets real mad and storms into her room and makes her change. He throws her over his shoulder, proceeds to spank her again. Of course. 
and carries her into the apartment. And she's screaming for help. And Mary basically laughs at her and says, sorry, this is good for you. Yeah, she says, I think something like, I, somehow I think this is for your own good. <laughs> but she does stand up to, to him, which is really cute. Mary threatens Mitri's life. She says, if you hurt her, I'll kill you, which let's be honest here, probably not. But it's a nice gesture. But he feels bad when Emma comments something to the effect of, I thought you'd want me to look like one of those glamorous Russian women that you always see. He says, well, you thought wrong. And he feels bad because she thinks, he says, this gorgeous girl thinks she's not enough for a man. And he decides that it's up to him to change her mind. Yeah. And then he finds her naughty poster in her closet. (laughs) What is it? Nympho librarian? Yeah. I had to go look that up. I'm like, is that a real thing? Oh, I didn't look it up. I didn't think, I didn't even think about it being a a real book. Is it? I don't know. Let me double check while I'm, I want to say it is. Yeah. It's a real thing. Hysterical. Yeah. The Nympho librarian by Chrissy Bentley. Anybody want us to read it? Maybe we should read that. <laughs> Eleven seething tales of scalding raunchy, scalding raunch set in the most sacred of sexual sanctuaries, the public library. It sounds like it's right up our alley. <laughs> we should definitely read it. Stay tuned. <laughs> I don't know if it's dark though. Probably not very dark. Probably sexy and fun to read but probably lots of consent and everything all the stuff that we don't need (laughs) who cares about that consent Ah. oh lord and isn't it during this time with while emma's getting dressed and getting ready to go he thinks a couple of times that she's the girl that he fell in love with yeah wait a minute i i don't love her i'm not in love with her but he thinks it a couple of times Mm -hmm. he does then he drags her out the door and she's, she's like, wait a minute. I don't have my phone. I don't have my purse. He says, you don't need it. She says, but I don't have my ID. And he just looks at her because who's going to question her age when she's with him? Exactly. And the kind of place they're going, no one's carding you. If you can afford a place like that, no one's carding you. And then they go to this fancy dinner and he is very nice to the valets and knows their name and tips them an unreasonable amount of money. And she's very impressed. And then, oh, and then they have like a sexy elevator ride to the restaurant where they scandalize some people because he's groping her in the elevator. (laughs) Who doesn't love getting groped in the elevator? I mean, elevators are very similar to libraries in the sexy scale. So it's, it's, I mean, who hasn't enjoyed a fun makeout in an elevator when you're drunk? Who needs to be drunk? I'm just thinking of whenever I'm in an elevator, well, used to be, okay, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere anymore, but used to be usually in either Las Vegas or Atlantic City or somewhere where you're out and you're going back to your room with your significant other and find yourself in an elevator. That's why I said drunk, because I'm usually drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't find myself sober in an elevator a lot. <laughs> not with my husband anyway for work sure but I'm alone (laughs) I was just getting ready to ask for clarification there Mr. Savage probably wouldn't be happy about that 
Uh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't believe he would be. Although he does not act the way a normal, not normal, not the way a dark romance book boyfriend should act. So, although, but I, I do know that my um, Mr. Savage does not share. So I don't think he would be happy with me making out with anybody else. <laughs> also, side note, again, we're going back on this TikTok situation. He did bring up a very good point about why we might have such a random smattering of male followers. It's because most of my TikToks are filmed while I'm, I'm pumping. That's the only time I have time to pump to, to film them. So it looks like I'm naked because I'm in the pumping bra. Ah, I was going to go with it's just because you're hot and they recognize it. Oh, well, thank you. That's very nice of you. But I don't know, because half of my TikToks are just me oogling half naked men. Anyway, but he's like, yeah, but you look naked in them because I'm wearing the pumping bra. So it's just my shoulders down. It's it's just my uh, my collarbones are exposed. It's like very historical romancy. Scandalous. <laughs> anyway, but then he's totally fine with it, which again, a book boyfriend would not be fine with it. He would take my phone away and I would have no more TikTok privileges. <laughs> it's a good thing for our purposes that he's not a normal book boyfriend then. Yes. <laughs> Hearts so. off to Mr. Savage. Yes. But yeah, they, they have a very sexy makeout in an elevator and scandalize an elderly couple. <laughs> the restaurant name made me giggle. Everyone is wearing, let me make sure that I've got my, my acronym right. I-D-G-A-F hats. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And for a restaurant, I just thought hands down that was great. And the Saybridge entertained me. The what? The Saybridge when they order the champagne. Oh, yeah. The champagne. Yeah. And he orders. Uh, it's a very like stereotypical. I guess they are in a Russian restaurant because they have caviar and she likes it. But I think it's disgusting. I'm a, I'm a horrible Eastern European. I don't I'm a vegetarian. I do not like caviar. It's yucky. And as somebody who was force fed caviar as a child because it was supposed to be healthy, no, thank you. But yeah, and then he he opens the the champagne with a saber, which is fun. And the I don't know. Somebody tells him, "Oh, you're so lucky to be with him." Well, she gets kind of scared when he brings out the sword. She's like, "Yeah, are we back to killing me now? <laughs> back to the ice pick?" And then he he starts reciting Pushkin to her, which is. Of course, he knows freaking Pushkin poems off the top of his head. Every mafia man knows Pushkin off the top of his head. <laughs> right, Tori? Mafia school. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's one of those things like load an AK-47, recite Pushkin. <laughs> and what is it? And then he says it's just dinner because she's thinking about, oh, my gosh, if I order the lobster, then he's going to expect me to sleep with him and blah, 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 blah. And I love him because he says it's just dinner. But I know what you're thinking. You're, you're thinking if I if I do this, then he's going to expect me to sleep with him. And yes, I'm going to expect that anyway. So just order whatever you want to order. <laughs> and I think he ends up ordering for her anyway. He does. He orders the surf and turf, I think. Yeah, it's just funny. <laughs> Relax. It's just dinner. But it's not. Because you're having dinner with a crazy person. In the, and again, just like in the other books, we like that he's crazy. It's not a dig. Well, over dinner, she tries to 
asks Dimitri about himself. She thinks, I'll take this opportunity to get to know him a little better and we'll go from there. And he shuts that shit down real fast. She asks about the tattoos and he gets kind of cold when he says, yeah, the symbolism applies, but we're not going to talk about it. She asks about his job and I don't think he even answered that one. Nope. (laughs) And finally, she's just like, okay, so we're not going to talk about you. And he says, let's, why don't you tell me about you? Tell me about yourself. Tell me about your parents. And they get to talking about her school and about her going to the financial aid office to work on grants and scholarships to pay for the rest of her semester at school. And he says, wait a minute, what are you doing asking other people for money? Didn't we have this conversation already? Yeah. I thought you understood that I didn't want you to begging men for money. (laughs) I love that he says it's begging for money, which I guess it kind of is. But it's just a grant. How is it's a grant? It's supposed to it it's not it's it's meant to be there for a reason. But she says, I thought you meant I wasn't supposed to go to Mr. Fitzgerald's son and ask for money. He doesn't accept that as an excuse. That is not Mm-mm. a valid option. Mm-mm. And he says, I thought I made myself clear. And she says, Well, I didn't think you were serious. I mean, we're practically strangers. Yeah. I've had my cock buried deep inside your sweet pussy and you're calling me a stranger. I mean, she has a point. People sleep with strangers all the time. Just because I've slept with you doesn't mean you're not a stranger. Technically speaking, people have one night stands all the time. Well, she basically tells him, I, I'm not allowed to, we're not allowed to talk about your parents or your work or anything that you do. It's no wonder you sleep with escorts because they train, how did she phrase it? They train them to keep their ears shut and their mouths open. And that was the final straw. Dinner was over at that point. (laughs) No more, no dessert for you. (laughs) Yeah, he drags her out of there. And then she starts, the the wait staff kind of looks, but they know better than to interfere at this point. So he put, they get in the car and and he starts driving the wrong direction. She's like, you missed a turn. not the way home you're not going home you're coming home with me and she says no she's demanding to be taken home and she um, looks him out of the car it's such a small thing and it doesn't matter in any kind of scheme but he gets out to walk around the car to open her door and she locks all the doors to the car thinking she can keep him out i thought that was just so cute it's adorbs she's adorable i love her he of course has the key fob he just hits the button and drags her out. But it's the thought that counts. Yeah. And then he like drags her in and she's saying that she's going to scream. And he says, I doubt the neighbors will hear. And she says, I'll call the police. And she says, you don't have a cell phone and there aren't any landlines in here. <laughs> Would you like to see the library? <laughs> Come on, let's go see the library. Of course he has a library. I want to be rich enough to have a library. Dreams. I would do things in that library that are not reading. I would too. I would also read the crap out of books in there though. Imagine if you could take all of the books that you want in your perfect world and have enough space for them. I would have a Zoe Blake and Anna Zare's exclusive collection. <laughs> I would have would... the author collections that it's not funny. Yeah, I, I don't know what I would do. I, most of my books, I don't, I don't know if we've talked about it, most of my books, I have Kindle books. I read, I read on my Kindle mainly. 
I do too. I just don't don't have the space for physical. Yeah, me too. I have a few of my very favorites, but I just find it actually, I prefer to read on my Kindle anyway. It's a lot more convenient for me. You can read anywhere in the dark, feeding a child. It doesn't matter. And if I'm not in the mood for what I'm reading, I can just very quickly grab something else and mm-hmm. then go back to what I was reading with no problem. Agreed. Speaking of physical books, however, I'm going to insert a plug here. Zoe Blake has been kind enough to offer us signed copies of her Ruthless Obsession series. Yes. Sweet Cruelty, Sweet Depravity, Sweet Savagery, Sweet Brutality, and the final one that's coming out next month. Yes. Sweet Ferocity. So good. And we are going to be giving those away. Yes. And we are going to give them to someone who has left a review for us. Good, bad, or indifferent. That's not, that's completely irrelevant. But someone who has rated and reviewed the podcast, we're going to to number them in the order in which they've been left. So it'll be one through whatever. And we'll use a random number generator to decide from that who's going to get such a wonderful prize. That means that all you wonderful listeners need to rate and review if you want to be considered. Yes. So whatever whatever platform you, you prefer, whether that's Google, Spotify, Apple, or Anchor, wherever you listen to us, please rate and review. And we're not going to actually be finalizing it until Sweet Ferocity comes out. So you have maybe six weeks, five, six weeks, something like that before that time. So you have plenty of time to figure out what you want to say about us, but please do say something. And let me tell you, I have read all of them and they're so good, guys. I'm not going to ruin them for you because I I don't like spoilers, but if you enjoy Sweet Cruelty and Sweet, you know, the whole series, if you like them so far, you're going to love the last two. You're going to love them. They're amazing. The end. (laughs) I messaged Zoe and I told her when I was reading Sweet Ferocity, uh, I told her that it is a very, very good thing that my husband got that vasectomy because we would have made a third child. It's really hot. (laughs) I can't wait. Anyway, back to this one, which we just we're so bad at staying on track. They have sweet, sweet sex in the library, but it's not sweet. It's hot. (laughs) And he asks her, are you on birth control? And she says, wait wait, why are you asking? It's none of your business. He said, well, it's too late. You've already answered. (laughs) I'm trash for these kinds of things. I love them. Whenever there's a, I will not use a condom scene because I will not have things between us. And also secretly, I want to get you pregnant. As I'm about to sink my cock deep inside you bareback, I'd say it was very much so my business. She says, you're about to do what? Take off your clothes. Wait, you can't do that. What if the birth control fails? Then I hope our daughter has your eyes. Spoiler alert, they do have a daughter, you know, later on. And it's really cute. I love it. This is the scene where she defies him and he takes the belt to her, isn't it? I don't know. He takes the belt to her a lot. That's true. (laughs) It's like every other time. No, I don't. Maybe. Yes, I think so. There's that one. And then there's the the, the one on on the coffee table later on. This is the first blowjob scene. He likes to, he teaches her how to do it nice. And I kind of appreciated that, that it wasn't a him expecting her to just know what she's doing and she didn't do it perfectly. I mean, not that any guy in their right mind is going to complain about any blowjob, at least not if they want another one. But 
let's face it, ladies, no one can take a 10 inch cock the first time. Perfect. <laughs> this isn't going to happen. It's just so funny because he threatens her with a gag at some point and she's like confused, but she complies. And she does a decent job. He appreciates it. He's also another one of those Julian types where he's just really excited that and it, it turns him on that this is the first time she's doing anything with a penis. Yes. So he doesn't take it very easy on her, though. Oh, he not at all. He even mentions at some point when she's trying to resist how much she likes him forcing her to do things and how much she likes the pain. She doesn't say it to him, but she admits it to herself that he's right. And that's part of what we all enjoy because there's a lot of non-con dub con in this where her consent is totally ancillary to what's going to happen to her. Yeah. But she gets on board pretty quick. And after they're finished, he's got her bent over the desk going at it and he comes inside her and he thinks something to the effect of, you know, I was only kidding and trying to get a reaction out of her, but part of me hopes that maybe, maybe she will get pregnant this time. And then he goes, no, then then they wake up. She wakes up alone after that, right? Yes. And she's, I loved this because she was, this was her first more or less well, I shouldn't even say consensual because it really kind of wasn't. But it was her first time sleeping over somebody's house after having sex, right? She's never done that before. And she's not sure how to act. She, she wakes up and she really has to pee. But she's contemplating just waiting until she gets home. But she's she's being super sneaky about trying to go to the bathroom and getting dressed. She got dressed and then she found, oh, and he put the bracelet on her at night. That very expensive diamond bracelet. Yeah. That she refused him and hid in the car when she got out the first time. Yeah, we didn't even mention that, but she she didn't even she left it in the car for him. And I think that's another one of the reasons that he quote unquote punished her is because she he wants her to wear that bracelet. It's another ownership thing, right? More or less. Absolutely. It's a way to mark what's his. Yeah. You might as well pee on her at this point like a dog. But that's a different book. <laughs> it's a different book. She does eventually get out of the shower or out of the bed and races to the bathroom. And she gets dressed and leaves. She finds out that he left her a really cute note saying, sorry, I like go to work. You can, you're chill here, but I left you cab money. It's all hundreds. <laughs> $500 for cab money. And then she goes to work and he keeps calling her. And keeps and he's he's doing he's dealing with a petrol situation, which I could care less about, to be honest with you. Well, before that, she goes home to find a bunch of Russian guys. Oh, yeah. Putting in a security system and bars on the windows. And Mary tells her some men send flowers after a night of passionate sex. Your sends a high tech security system. Yeah. And this has the setup for the next book, Sweet Depravity. Because this is where Vasca meets Mary, which is an explosive combination. I freaking love that book so much. <laughs> but we'll get there next week. They're in this, he doesn't want, like the fact that they're living on a first floor apartment and it's not in the best, I guess, neighborhood. But then she goes to work and he just can't stop thinking about her. He's texting her. He's calling her. She's not picking up because she's got an old phone that doesn't get very good reception in the what wherever she is the library some other she's not she's not in the stacks she's in some other part of the library 
he's freaking out because he's acting like a teenage boy and he doesn't like it. <laughs> Put it in my veins. <laughs> All of this. The obsession and the not liking the part about being obsessed and then her figuring out, oh my God, I missed all these calls and freaking out about it. She knows she's in trouble. <laughs> all these pings come. It's like two, three, four missed calls. Uh-oh. <laughs> then the text messages from him start ping-ponging in. This was bad. Really bad. <laughs> my head spun as all the blood left my body. Ping, ping, ping. A text from Mary warning me in her own special text. Well, in her own special way that Dmitri was mad. <laughs> Remember Buffy season two, episode 14, when Angel goes all evil demon after kissing Buffy? Well, sharpen your spikes because Dimitri's looking for you. Now the late voicemails are coming through. Maybe it wasn't too late to flee the country. I understand why she might want to flee the country. Yeah, it's so funny. And then the double, the, the, that scene was great when the double doors flew open and he, he was standing there and it looked like, possibly that there was like a cloud of smoke and dramatic music <laughs> behind him it's all in her brain she's got this vivid imagination and she she just ran it, it's like a complete flight or flight a fight or flight response and she bolted <laughs> i did the mature adult thing i ran dropping the phone i took off to the right and then and then he chased her obviously i have a thing for chase scenes i have clearly marked the scene and obviously we were talking about the last two from julian chasing nora a bunch of times i have a chase thing i didn't even realize it until just now oh you have a chase thing i could have told you that <laughs> thank you thank you for letting me know glad i could be a service it's great because i hate running so i guess just chase me in my brain i'm not running from you in real life way out of shape for that <laughs> but eventually he catches her of course he catches her. of course he catches her he drags her to a secluded area. I think that it's study rooms and they're soundproof conveniently. And she tries to hide behind a chair and he throws the chair out of the room. And this is my put it in my veins. Okay. Beg me to hurt you. He ground out against my neck as he scraped his teeth against my skin. Tell me you deserve the pain. See, we all know that you're a pain junkie, so it's all good. <laughs> Told you. This is, this is it for me. <laughs> Rolling my clip between his forefinger and thumb, he ruthlessly pinched down. Say it. Beg me to hurt you. My agonized arousal was clear. There was no point in denying him what he wanted. Hurt me, Dimitri. Hurt me. So you okay? <laughs> you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> you need a minute. <laughs> I'll take one later. We're about halfway through. We, we should probably pick it up a little bit. We also don't have to talk about every little scene. But it's so good. I know. I know it is. Yes, we liked everything. That's true. We like everything that Zoe writes. So <laughs> does she write it? Yes. Okay. We like it. Can't wait till we, till we talk about her Dark Obsession trilogy. The one that starts off with Ward. Oh my God. That is some fucked up shit. That is a mind fuck. I'm there for it. Yes, that is a mind fuck. I was here, uh, I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about a really quote unquote fucked up book. And I don't remember the name of it, but it was the one about, I don't know if you've read them. They're, they like kidnap a lady and they bring her to this island and it's this sex paradise island where they give them the drugs and the drugs make you hallucinate. 
I'm not explaining this very good. You're explaining. I just don't have any recollection of it. So I haven't read it. So anyway, they're not that dark in my humble opinion. I read them and I got bored. Like I don't even want to say which ones they are because I don't remember the name. And obviously I didn't like them very much. I feel like Ward was one of the darkest things I've ever read. Yes. Right. We don't have it on our schedule yet, but we will eventually. Yeah. And you can read them without us. So without us, it is a great series, but be prepared. It is mind fuck at its best. Oh my God. You haven't read Broken Dolls, right? No. Broken. I haven't read either. And I, I, I don't know if I was listening to an interview she did or if I read it somewhere, but she said that is the darkest thing she's ever written. The Broken Doll series. Fascinating. I'm going to have to pick that one up. We're going to have to read it because I I haven't read it because I'm a little scared. <laughs> because if it's darker than Ward, how? I bet it's darker in just a different way. Maybe. Do you know the Ward is getting another reboot almost? Richard has a brother, crazy brother, and she's writing about him now. Oh, yay. Happy days. When I found that out, I got so excited. Back to our episode. Back to our episode. <laughs> Back to our scheduled, normal scheduled programming. They do have some great sex in that little booth. And then when they leave, when they get out, they run into some crotchety old librarian <laughs> who um, make clearly their Emma's disheveled. <laughs> clearly does not look like uh, she did some respect respectable things in that study room it looks like she did some very unrespectable things and of course Dimitri charms the crotchety old librarian and they leave and then he his thought is I don't want her working period I don't want her having to answer to anybody but me and he he's not quite sure how to tell her that (laughs) because he at the same time he wants her to have her career because it makes her happy so he's not sure if this work study thing is more for the work or because she needs it for her credits because he didn't want to pull her out of college. It could have been very easy for him to just pull her out and be like, that's it. You're done. He doesn't want that for her because clearly this makes her happy. So then he does go to do a business thing. And he promises her a proper date. They're going to, ha- they're going to go on a, a normal date. She says, then I go home. And this, again, this is one of those that I, I cackled because he basically comes to the conclusion that the security system was not for Emma. It was so Emma would feel better about leaving Mary at home alone because when Dimitri was out of town, Emma would be allowed to stay with Mary and yeah. she would be safe there. But the moment he returns back home, he expects her back at his house in his bed. And he says, I had it all planned out. When the time was right, I would inform Emma. <laughs> My brain went, oh, that's going to go over well. See that conversation already. Also, he's already scoping out a new place for them to live. He doesn't like the place that they're living in now. Little does he know, no one's living anywhere. Because, of course, romance reasons. Mary's going to end up living with Vaiska and Emma's going to live with him. That's it. But they, I actually completely forgot about this movie scene. Like, I forgot this movie thing situation happened. Because I, I haven't reread it in a while. And... It was hot, really, really hot, the, the movie theater sexy times. He bought out the whole movie theater. He tells her that it's going to be a normal date, but then he buys out 
the whole movie theater so that nobody's in there with them. And it's one of those fancy movie theaters where the seats recline and the armchairs go up. So it's pretty much just like a giant leather bed. (laughs) And they're going to be watching Anna Karenina, which... Again, I'm just going to out myself as the worst Russian because I read that book in college for my Russian class and it was boring AF. I hated it. It was depressing. I know they say that it's a romance, but it's really not. A romance is a happily ever after at the end and everybody dies. (laughs) I haven't read it, so I don't know. But I can tell you that I don't care what garbage you put in front of me. If I have a hot Russian translating it in my ear... I'm going to enjoy it. That never worked for me either. I mean, again, I'm just the Russian situation I could care less about. I know too many Russian men for it to make logical sense in my brain. I'm I'm good with it being any foreign language. Yeah, yeah. But a hot guy sitting that close whispering in my ear for two hours. Yeah. Again, though, he was it's funny because, you know, he wasn't translating anything. He was just dirty talking to her the whole time. Oh, I'm sure. Because my, my original note was, that's a lot of talking to translate. You sure you want to talk for that much? But he's absolutely not going to translate it. And he's just, because he does tell her to take off her underwear. And she's like, wait, this is a ballroom scene. He definitely did not say that to her. <laughs> and then, of course, who does not have a butt plug ready to go in a movie theater? Well, since he planned the date, he did have time to gather supplies. Thought about you because I, I love that. I, I know that I thought about you multiple times during reading this because you love the the how does this happen like who buys the things and puts them where (laughs) (laughs) and later when they have sex on the airplane and he convenient he has lube right there yes (laughs) i thought about tori going who bought the lube (laughs) who stocked the plane it's also a shared plane They share it with moguls and celebrities and stuff. So it's like, is it his lube or something else? (laughs) Oh, Lord, we're getting way far ahead of ourselves. But yeah, they have some great sex in the movie theater. And she's a little bit freaking out at first because, well, they are in a movie theater. And she's like, maybe somebody can walk in and see us. But he's like, don't worry, no one's going to see us. I've made sure of that. And that's when she figures out that he bought out the whole movie theater. I also saw a video somewhere (laughs) saying that they do have cameras in movie theaters and they are pointed at the audience so fun fact anybody who has ever done anything in a movie theater you you are on camera somewhere well that's several decades too late i think it was another tiktok video this is just going to be a tiktok full episode i think i saw it on tiktok and half the comments were oh my god why did i not know this well granted when i'm thinking back to when i was fooling around in movie theaters it was probably before the massive security concerns were out there and technology wasn't that advanced so i might be safe yeah maybe same same i also don't really remember going to too many movies I went to a few. It was the only way I could get rid of my parents. Of course, I had to lie and tell them that I was going with a friend, but usually she had a guy with her, so I wasn't technically lying. Anyway, they have great sex in this movie theater. (laughs) They do butt stuff. He does make her keep that book plug in all the way home, though. And the next morning, he is arguing with somebody when she wakes up. It's in Russian, so he doesn't, she can't understand. She just recognizes from the tone that it's an argument. He sees her and he he starts to stop towards her and she freaks out again because, oh my God, what if I wasn't supposed to, to overhear him? And she goes, wait a minute, it's Russian. He knows I don't speak Russian. Is he angry? And it turns out he wasn't angry. He just wanted to kiss her good morning. 
Yeah. But Emma's wonderfully imaginative brain. I just love it because she freaks out at everything this man does. But she starts kind of second guessing what they did last night because she's not that type of girl. And he pats her on the head and says, don't worry about it. I've got to go. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got to take a business trip. And she says, so I guess we're going to pretend my boyfriend didn't just grab a gun and a shady bag full of cash before heading out to work. Nope. Totally normal. Emma is one of the few heroines that actually calls the hero out for being a criminal. She doesn't just accept that, oh, that's how it is. So it's okay. She really has to work through it. It takes her a good chunk of the book as she talks with Mary to come to an understanding that maybe it isn't, that maybe Dimitri is a good man who does bad things and she can accept that about him. And I really liked that. I thought it was very refreshing because you don't see that very often. Yeah. And then she does try to break up with him because of it. But he goes away on a business trip. He says, you better stay home and be a good girl and read a book. But Mary convinces her to help her at a bar that night that Mary works at. Emma's thinking it's not a good idea, but she does agree. And while she's helping her out, she went to get some sort of, I don't know, liquor from the liquor cage. I don't know how bars work. I've never worked in a bar. And some creepy dude follows her in and does sexually assault her in there. This is where it becomes a complete romance novel because Dimitri's texting her and she's not answering. So he, of course, has a GPS tracker on her phone. He got her a new phone because her phone wasn't working. And of course, he's tracking her and she's not home and he's not happy about it. So he finds out that she's at this at this bar and helicopters in <laughs> to the bar. In the middle of Chicago. It's yeah, like this is out in the middle of nowhere where there's no traffic. It's the middle of Chicago and he takes the helicopter. I love it. The pilot nodded as he put on his helmet and adjusted his microphone. I did the same. He started up the propellers before responding. That bar has a decent sized parking lot. If it's not too full, I could drop you there. Of course. Of course. So anyway, he he does end up uh, like an action hero being helicoptered to this bar and he doesn't let the helicopter land that would be too normal for any guy bringing a helicopter to a bar to save his girlfriend it would take too much time he jumps off of the the helicopter skid and races into the bar and he he does find her uh, locked in this back room and he shoots the the door handle off and scares the guy off and he is about to murder him dead but then he doesn't because he doesn't want to traumatize Emma anymore. So he calls Vasika and tells him, hey, I need this guy dead. And he, we don't see it happen, but we're pretty, we know, we know the guy's dealt with. <laughs> and then he does tell Mary that she better stay put because Vasika's coming to get her too. And she panics. More about that to come. Oh my God. Yes. So good. Anyway, so he does take Emma back on the helicopter. <laughs> back to his house all sexy like because he has to toss her into the helicopter toss her out of the helicopter because the helicopter can't land it's a whole thing and she does know she's made a big oopsie doopsie and she's in trouble he tells her to pull her pants down and she said she she her basic response is i wasn't seriously thinking about doing this was i lowering my jeans and letting a man belt me like a naughty child this was insane probably criminal even and then she tries to argue him on technicalities. This is terrible. So funny. It didn't work. No, no. She does get a, a spanking in with the belt and then a sex in down as well. 
And after the sex, when he's carrying her to bed, that's when she realizes she loves him. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't realize that they love somebody after a great sex? (laughs) But how many people think, I love him, so I need to leave him? Because that's exactly what Emma thinks. You can understand why, though. It's completely rational. Because she, from the beginning, thought that she's not the kind of person that he would want to be with long term. He's thinking... She's thinking he's with her for now, gets his jollies off. He's going to get bored of her because she's not the kind of woman he wants to date usually. And he's going to end up breaking her heart. If she stays, she's going to get even more attached. So if she rips the bandaid off now, it will hurt, but it won't hurt as much as it would later. So it made sense to me. So in the morning, she does tell him that she needs some space (laughs) and he does not take that well. Instead of giving her space, he decides to kidnap her to Morocco. (laughs) It's just all around a good time. It's so much fun. She says, Dimitri, you have to take me home. This is kidnapping. (laughs) This is not the worst thing I've ever been accused of. This isn't funny. Where do you think you're taking me? Morocco. (laughs) I love that the the plane staff is totally chill about it, too. He's clearly dragging her onto this plane, kicking and screaming. I love that the plane crew is completely okay with this whole situation. They don't even blink at the fact that she's being dragged onto this plane. And the flight attendant offers her coffee. (laughs) She says, would your guest like some coffee? He says, no, we're going to go in the back room of the plane, in the bedroom. Of course, again, back to our romance reasons. This is a plane It has a full bedroom. It has a bathroom. It is a very fancy, sexy plane. And I'm for it. I'm going to correct you because it turns out they don't have lube on the plane. No one had to go buy it. They use a small travel lotion. Lotion. Okay. I still don't think it's probably very good because wouldn't that just absorb in? I don't know. I I guess. I guess it depends on the kind of lotion it is. I don't know. I wondered about the technical things on that one. See, in my brain, I just switched it into lube. (laughs) Yeah. Look, he's clearly packing. We we know this. And she's clearly never done this before. I just don't understand how that would work without any sort of prep work. Yeah, I, I think in reality, there has to be more prep work than this. Yeah. It has to be. But this is a romance novel. Of course, it's a romance I guess there's a little bit of leeway. A lot of bit of leeway. (laughs) Okay, there's not even lube, apparently. But she is very adamant that this butt stuff is not going to happen. And he says, do you want me to make you, baby girl? Is that what you want? Do you want me to force you down onto this bed and push my cock deep into your ass as you struggle? Again, put it in my veins. So funny. But this is one, but it's one of my favorite quotes. He says, I'm a selfish bastard, Emma. I need to be your first in all things and your last. In a lifetime of cruel and depraved acts, this is probably my most cruel, but I am keeping this beautiful, sweet creature for my own forever. She is mine. Mine. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do it a bunch of times? Oh, they do it at least twice on that plane because after they finish the first time, they're laying there and she's like, there's no way you're ready to have sex again and he says it's a nine-hour flight what do you want to do it's again it's a romance novel who doesn't need any sort of recovery (laughs) well they get to morocco and it's it's great it's a fancy hotel and and then she does get kidnapped (laughs) 
not in a sexy way, in a violent, scary way. Because as we know, as reading romance novels, there's a sexy kidnap and a non-sexy kidnap. This is the non-sexy kidnap. I almost felt bad for the guy who kidnapped her. In some books, the bad guy doesn't realize who he's crossing. Yeah. He doesn't realize what kind of mess he's just gotten himself into. Mm-hmm. But this guy, this guy knows Dimitri. He knows he done fucked up. And he does it anyway. I mean, he does rescue her. It's, it's, a, whole, it's a whole thing. But this is when Dimitri decides that he can no longer keep her because he's putting her in danger. And this is the kind of things that I like in books when the hero thinks that she is too good for me. I'm not good enough to keep her. I'm putting her in danger. So he does. I mean, he breaks up with her, but not really. And she's upset. See, my note on that is I never really cared for the self-sacrificing hero. Oh, I love it. Oh, I don't. I want mine to be unapologetic and just accept it i like that in the beginning but then i need them to come around you're gonna love when we read addison kane (laughs) i am looking forward to it yeah i like it when they self-sacrifice at the end i i need them to be complete jerks in the beginning right but i need them to give a little bit because otherwise it's not a relationship it's an ownership i'm I'm all for ownership but it needs to be with a relationship twist (laughs) i see where you're coming from But I'm not sure I agree. I will table that thought until our next book where this comes up and I will rethink my situation then. Okay, that's fine. I will stand by my original note. Emma is devastated. Yeah, she's so sad. And Mary. Love Mary's heart. She she brings, she goes, he's a mobster. He's going to get you killed. What are you thinking? And they have a lot of tequila and a lot of conversation. And then Emma She says, I thought about what she had said for a minute and then finally put it in terms she could understand. Why did Buffy love Angel or fuck Spike? She poured us a third shot. I get it. Here's your Angel and Spike all rolled into one. She raised her arm high to bad boys. I wouldn't mind having a combination of Spike and Angel. I never really watched Buffy that much. I was more of a Charmed girl. I never watched Charmed. I don't think I've even seen an episode of it. (gasps) Oh, boy. Maybe we do bonus episodes where we watch each other's favorite shows. But I was a charmed girl through and through. But you have to remember that I liked the demon. Okay, there was always Cole was the love interest for Phoebe. And he would be the equivalent of Spike. Ah, uh, okay. I, and I, I liked him a lot. I, I did that whole TikTok about my OG, like where my love of villains comes from. And it, it is a lot of Disney, but Charmed had a lot to do with that as well. <laughs> Where I loved when the demons were demons. I didn't like when the demons became nice. But Emma decides that she's going to go get her tree back. Because she loves him. And she has the perfect way to make him listen to her. But before that, Dimitri is pretty torn up about the breakup too. As he and Vasca had their, their conversation and their vodka. I like how, how Vasca put Dimitri in his place. He says, I have to admit you're a better man than I. I don't think I could stand could stand the thought of the woman I loved kissing another man. My eyes narrowed as I swung my head to look at him. Vasca continued, or worse, spreading her legs, and that was as far as he got. (laughs) I grabbed him by his shirt, pulled him bodily out of the chair. Pivoting, I slammed him against the nearest bookshelf. Shut the fuck up, or friendship or not, I'll fucking kill you. There we have the mic drop. Penny in the air. I mean... That's the only way to get to him, though, right? Because that's what he liked about her in the beginning, was that she'd never been with anybody else. 
It's another one of those Julian Escagara situations. Mine, I was the first to conquer this terrain <laughs> and planted my flag. <laughs> what a mental image that gives me. Yeah. So I will be the first to and the last to do this. And go ahead. How do they get back together? Mary and Emma go shopping at an adult store, <laughs> a naughty schoolgirl uniform, to remind him of how they first met. It's really cute. It was incredibly cute and very successful. Reminds me of that TikTok I did with that guy in the schoolgirl outfit. <laughs> you were right. Red was a good color for him, but white was so much better. And black wasn't really that great. Black usually works on most people, but I don't know. Black didn't look that great on him. Now, I have a question for you. Okay. In the epilogue, we are naturally the happily ever after, and there's a wedding. Yes. So they talk about the wedding tradition of the ransom. Is that actually a tradition? It's very old. Nobody really does it anymore, but yes. <laughs> I thought that sounded so incredibly fun. That yeah. made my wedding bearable. Yeah. Let's just leave it at that. I don't know anybody who's done it recently. It's definitely been, it was like my parents' generation kind of thing. And even before them. To clarify, since I jumped ahead without telling you what it is, the bride is hidden in her home and the groom has to come find her. Mm-hmm. He breaks down the door and he crashes some stuff around as, as he looks for her. And Mary and Vasca are, are trying to keep him away. And he bribes them with a bottle, a cheap bottle of liquor. Yeah. Because they both like cheap liquor. That's how Dimitri finally gets his bride. But they get married <laughs> and it's adorable. And then they do, they, they get pregnant and they have a baby. And they have their happily ever after. Yeah. And at least for the next three books, you catch up with Mary and Emma and Dimitri and Vasca over the course of the next several books because they're all intertwined. You can read each book as a standalone and be perfectly, you're not going to be missing anything by doing so. Except let me tell you, you're missing a whole lot because the series as a whole is fabulous. The characters continue to reoccur. That's always one of the things that I like about series is Mm -hmm. I like being able to catch up with the characters that I've fallen in love with. Yeah, I like the updates. I like this kind of series better where it's the whole book is it's not like a trilogy as like what we read before, where it's the same couple for three books. I like it when it's a standalone series. It's a different couple each time. And these couples are great. And and then they're also connected to the, the Ivanov uh, family crime. So if you really like the Russian mafia books, Zoe Blake is your girl because she's got a whole bunch of them. And they're all amazing. And they're all psychotic, alpha, possessive, jealous, crazy people. Our kind of people. <laughs> but yeah, this was a really great book. The premise was amazing. I'm very jealous of Emma not having any college loans. <laughs> Out of everything you could take away from this book, it cracks me up that that's your takeaway. I love it. I had a lot of college loans. <laughs> and it would have been very nice to have somebody get rid of them for me. I'm not going to dispute that because I'm in the same boat. My, my whole time reading this book, I was just like, oh, I missed out in college. Dated college boys. Should have dated mafia men. Exactly. <laughs> I should still be dating mafia men. What am I thinking? I'm trying. I'm trying. Okay. But my husband just will not become unhinged that way. 
Well, good luck. I will, I will keep my fingers crossed for you. Thank you. I'll keep, I'll keep annoying him. <laughs> Maybe eventually he'll snap. But thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our recap of Sweet Cruelty. Please rate and review for a chance to win the Signed Ruthless Obsession series by Zoe Blake. She was so nice to give them to us to give away for you guys. Like Tori said, as long as you rate and review on your chosen platform of choice, you will be entered. If you already rated and reviewed, you're automatically entered. We appreciate you. Thank you for the lovely, kind words that you send us. Keep sending me the half-naked TikTok men to review. I highly, highly, highly enjoy that job. Quite a few of you have have contacted me through Instagram to give me updates or suggestions on what you'd like for us to cover. And that's always welcome in our Facebook group also. Several folks have gotten to us there. So by all means, contact us and let us know. And tune in next week when we read my personal favorite, Vasca and Mary's book. I'm really bad with titles, so you're going to tell me what title it was. (laughs) Depravity. Thank you. I don't know anybody's title. I just know them by the couples. (laughs) Between the two of us, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Oh, we never did. uh, Do you have a a palate cleanser for us? What brought you joy this week? Or do we not have that (laughs) this week? Oh, my goodness. This is going to sound so mundane, but I made a great pot of chili. It was cold. It snowed here this weekend and my show closed last night, which that brought me joy too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I do some, some stage management with the, with a couple of theater companies and we had a a show that it was a good show. I enjoyed it. I'm glad it's over. So today I made a good pot of chili and enjoyed it while it was snowing outside. That sounds lovely. What about you? What brought you joy? I got to see a bunch of my friends recently, and that brought me joy because I haven't seen a lot of my friends <laughs> because of pandemic and everything else in life. And I got to see one of my very good friends who's who's having babies. So she was sequestered because she doesn't want to get COVID, obviously, because she's pregnant. And it was really great to see her. And she looked really cute. And her baby bump was amazing. And she looked, she's like the most beautiful pregnant person I've ever seen. I looked like a hot, not in a good way, a hot round ball of pregnant. And I was absolutely, I was humongo. Okay. I looked like I was a whale at week three of pregnancy. And she is just glowing and beautiful. And she looks like a model. And I'm real low key mad about it. Okay. Anyway, that brought me joy. Seeing my, beautiful friend being so happy and beautiful and sparkly and glowy wonderful yeah that's it that's our public cleanser you know i didn't get a lot of a feedback from from y'all about what brought you joy over the last week for our last episode please get in touch with us let us know i think you spending uh hour and a half or however long we've babbled with us we hope you have a wonderful day and we'll see you next time See you next week.